We find out that the chief is real no good son of a you-know-what who's been dead for 20 years. You'd think Jane would have noticed, but not if his identical twin brother replaced him. Nick, their mother had to give him up at birth to a gypsy woman. Then Nick grew up so full of hate and rage that by the time he met the chief, he murdered him and stole his life and then fathered a love child with, oh my gosh, with the chief's wife, Joanna Hart, who, as it turns out, was their sister. And she was in a coma when she gave birth, right? After 13 pointless meandering episodes of character-driven schlock, we finally get to the show that everyone wanted to see in the first place, a superhero show. We are talking, that's right, DC's Doom Patrol Season 1, Episode 13, Flex Patrol. The After Buzz After Show starts right now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz I just think Sacred Hearts is one of the best shows on television. I don't know about any of you. And it says a lot about the Chief. Mm-hmm. It tells you all you need to know about the Chief. That's right. Because yeah. we find out so much information this week as... We talk all things DC's Doom Patrol. We are getting to Season 1, Episode 13, Flex Patrol. Allow me to introduce the panel all the way to my left. Oliver is in the building. Hello. Nice to be back. And flexing with the hair. Just a little bit. And that's right. Nothing to flex. but Uh, Really? I think the hair is flexing on its own. But over here, we got Elena. She's uh, giving you that competition with the hair and the style. Yeah, she's killing me right now. Am I? Flexing on you. Question mark. <laughs> we get. And I will be your host. My name is Tehran. We are talking DC's Doom Patrol Season 1, Episode 13. Flex Patrol. Today's breakdown will include, as we discuss, Flex Mentallo. Have to talk about that guy. Wow. Such a wonderful character that was brought to life at Doom Patrol. Uh, Jane and Cliff try to flex. Jane and Cliff talk underground. Now, that was such a wonderful scene. Flex and Dolores reunion. Happy ending or just an ending. Larry721. Silas isn't dead. What a freaking shock to all of us, I have to say. Cyborg might be dead on the inside. Rita feels like dying. Rita's guilt, that secret we've been waiting to hear. Cyborg plugs back in. The team is ready. They are making a team. The Doom Patrol has come to life. Mr. Nobody breaks the fourth, fifth, and sixth wall. News and gossip, our special segment, Who You?, where we pick a scene in the show that reminds us of us, predictions, and much more. Let's begin with overall thoughts. Oliver, what did you think of this episode? Um... I think it was kind of like, I don't want to say it was all over the place, but I it kind of brought me down a little bit, just kind of processing everything. It was definitely a downer episode and kind of like, I kind of agree with the chat. Shout out to the chat, Billie Jean, Ivan, Renji. They kind of are wondering like, well, do these characters even have free will at this point? Because Mr. Nobody seems to kind of be like the mastermind and being this puppet master. So I don't even know at this point. And we have two more episodes, so I just I just hope everything's wrapped up nicely. And like, the puppets the... one was a different episode. Oh, that's no. true. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, wrong, wrong, wrong episode. Sorry, out no. But yeah, I just hope everything's wrapped up nicely in a nice little bow, so I don't feel this anxiety that I feel right now. I understand. Just Elena, did you have overall thoughts on this episode? You know, I like it. I feel like for the anti-penultimate episode, it's going to be something that you want to set up. The final two. So I think that this did a really good job of that. Um, by the way, anti-penultimate is a word that I just recently learned. I know penultimate patrol is next episode, but anti-penultimate means the third in a series. So fun word of the day. It is such a good fun word. You get so many things with a Doom Patrol after show. So Oliver um, kind of liked it. Elena I liked it. Liked I thought that it, it set it up. I just felt like... 
I mean, I didn't really get that it was a bummer. I felt like it was more them just kind of coming into themselves. And I guess because I know why the shot, the chat would be like with the final scene, kind of, you know, that Mr. Nobody turned to the camera, the breaking, the fourth wall. I loved it, but I think maybe that's just because I love Alan Tudyk so much and I'm so biased. (laughs) But to me, it didn't really, I don't know, it didn't bother me because Mm. we've seen him pulling the strings up to this point. But I think they set it up this episode so that they can cut the strings themselves in the okay. next two. All right. Because if like... it had been the second to last episode, I would have agreed yeah. and been like, they're not going to be able to wrap this up. But with two, I think they can. Interesting. I actually love this episode. I thought it was wonderful. I love the breaking of the fourth wall. I love the character development of Flex Metallo and how quickly we got all the nuances of one character all in one show. I love the cyborg story. I was caught very off guard that Silas was still alive. I don't know how that's possible given that it was cyborg uh, with you his superpowers. You were the only one who thought that he was still alive. I, we I did. Given- Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I did. I thought he was maybe alive, but I I went on the bandwagon and was like, he must be dead. You guys, honestly, the the he's cyborg. He killed him, and I was we like, that actually we makes a little bit of wrong. sense. I guess I threw it out, but am I? He was alive. Am I morbid for kind of wanting him to be dead? Probably. Yes, I kind of wanted him to stay dead. No, you're not. Mm-hmm. Actually, it would have given maybe a better character arc for the cyborg because yeah. the the oh. dichotomy of seeing someone who's supposed to be a hero act like a villain is such a real one and would be uh, a one that's very specifically tuned with Doom Patrol. I feel like the reason that they didn't, though, is because at that point, they needed a reason to write Cyborg out for these next two episodes. They've already completed the arc of we saved a superhero, like Cliff even says it, like point blank. We saved a superhero, yay for us. Um, But if they needed for plot-wise to have him written out, if they had written him out as he's grieving over his dead father and his new friends are just like, F you, we got stuff to do. It makes them look horrible. And then it keeps you from having that empathy that connects you with these characters that they even talk about the importance of having that empathy. So it would have been, I think, in their minds, hypocritical for them to ask you to not have that empathy as a viewer by having Cyborg off by himself and then having you still root for these people that seem to have neglected their friend in need. I've been under the understanding that the writers of Doom Patrol don't give an F what we think <laughs> no, or what know. we want or how <laughs> we need a character to be redeemed or not. Yeah, but and, I mean, and, like, and I think this episode writing, was... A, like, I, and I don't think they listen to the rules. I think that that's one of the strongest suits of the show is they do not listen to the rules of writing. They write characters uh, so the way they want. you think that they should have written Cyborg out? Have you have no emotional impact for the character that are now the heroes of your show that are supposed to carry you through potentially another season knowing that everybody is emotionally dead to them. I think think that they would intentionally do that. I think that if they wanted to, they would have. There is a lot of uh, characters in here that I wouldn't have But I'm saying why they didn't want to. That was my explanation. I know, but I I feel like that that, I understand your explanation, but I'm personally saying 
saying that I don't think that that's why. I think it has to do with the stronger storyline that's yet to be revealed. That's I, I don't what think I'm that, saying, though. I don't think that, that it's they, part of their storyline that they have, their plot. They don't want you to be detracted. Yeah, but what I'm saying is even if they killed Silas, I would still be on board with that storyline. So I don't think that that's why mm. that Silas is still alive. I'm Maybe. actually waiting to find out why Silas is still alive. I would like to know specifically, and I think there's a specific reason he's alive. And it might have to do with Cyborg being a redeemable character, but um, that that is a different thing. Like the writers have clearly thrown out the rules of writing shows. They, we're, we we get so much so. information. I think into that one. they've intentionally circumvented intentional arcs and tropes that we've referenced numerous times on the show. I don't think that they've just thrown the rules out the window. I think that it's a very carefully crafted thing, and that's why the show's so good. Well, hopefully we'll have the writers on, and they'll tell us themselves and talk about it, and we'll get to hear it from them. Uh, let's get into the first topic of today, Flex Mentallo. What were your thoughts on that character? Didn't you say last week, it was me and you, you said that the bearded guy was Flex, and it came true, right? Yes. And I was, I didn't believe that, so props to you first and foremost, but Flex is an interesting character. Um, I I feel bad for him, his wife, right? What was her name again? Dolores. Dolores. <laughs> R.I.P. So sad. But um, That was a rough way to go, it, too. She got, like, freaking Thanos snapped. I was like, I thought yeah. this was DC. What just happened? I'm just wondering why we're getting introduced to this character. <laughs> Thanos. So late in the game, you know? With Flex Mentallo or yeah. Dolores? No. Screw the Dolores. Yeah. <laughs> She's a real... No. R.I.P. I'm just... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just surprised that he came in in this late of the game. Did I say that I right? liked it because they kept having references to him. And then he finally came to fruition at the part that they... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if he'd been set up too early, then they would have been able to kind of figure things out quicker, you know? I guess so. I don't know. I, I just, like, I just I, like. I'm so used to my core cast of characters. Like, I like these five. I'm just. I want to just pay attention to them. Flex, you're great and everything, but I like my Rita. I like weird my, flex. I like okay. my Vic. You know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I. I, I just. I, we'll see. I like the callbacks, like though, like the animal, mineral, vegetable man. Sure. Like, they keep having, oh, like, yeah. the Steve Larson. Like, to me, like, this was kind of like a Steve Larson callback, but, like, one where he's actually part of the plot now. Mm-hmm. Maybe? I don't know. Well, what were your thoughts on Flex Mentallo as a character? I mean, I think Flex is dope. I love that he loves his wife so much that I, it was a great way to also show Larry's character development. I thought that was kind of a, a very well-crafted way to do that, but also a way that was done in kind of, I don't want to say a fan service way, because that makes it sound like it's writing it, like, specifically just to appease, but to bring in the character Flex, like, the to have it tie so strongly to one of the central characters, I thought was a really important thing, because otherwise I think I wouldn't have had as much of a mm. connection to him. And I like that he spent most of his time with Jane and with Cliff, but we saw the 1964 version of him with Larry... So we know that there's this history, even if they don't necessarily connect with it and they can't remember it, mm-hmm. either of them, for different reasons. But having that kind of as the central tie, I liked. I thought it was really 
Because they're both from the ant farm, right? They, yeah. yeah. They're there both of the ant farm. And getting that storyline of who Flex is, watching him get broken, seeing his beginnings in, in that scene, that flashback scene where it goes all the way back to Great Bend, Kansas. So you're thinking this wholesome American town in 1964. And then Flex Mittentalo and Dolores are having this picnic, and he's the hero of the town. And then we see him thwarting Dr. Sources' robbery in the newspaper. That's the concept. And he flexes his butt cheek, and the flower appears. And and then, and then, of course, he gets caught with the little kid, the little kid and the cat in the tree, that old trick. That's how you know that the ant farm is truly evil, is when they manipulate a kitten. How dare they? <laughs> Target acquired. That's what they say. Like maybe they could be justified. Granted, you know, you stabbed your wife in the face repeatedly with a fork because it was the wrong fork. But you also manipulated a kitten. I'm not into it. Yeah. Here, you know who else wasn't into it? The man of muscle mystery was not into that. And so here we get Flex Mattel, who stood up to the ant farm and all their torture and was still, he, he had this identity. I'm Flex Mattel. Even though they called him 722, he refused to be, uh, 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 to allow them to call him that. And every time uh, the second guard would come in, he would flex something and throw him into the wall or just cause him pain until he saw Dolores was in harm's way. And then, Oliver, you brought up Dolores. Dolores and Flex. How did you guys perceive that relationship? Um, I think Dolores was kind of someone that gave Flex a reason to fight for, not only himself, but also, you know, have the love of his life. But obviously that kind of... I mean, it's just something that all these characters have gone through. You know, they've they've experienced loss, so now Flex can kind of Symp- or like sympathize with the rest of the core our core players because they've all experienced such highs to lows so and they're all just learning to kind of come back from that loss and that the tragedy they are that kind of love to Dolores and Flex Elena were you on board with it I mean yeah I think it was supposed to be like this complete ideal mm-hmm. came across and it did. And it's actually a direct re- uh, representation of what Flex Mentallo's character was in the car- comic book. And in fact, that end scene was a direct taking from that, where she's like, they made me, I love you, they made me, and she disintegrates. That's exactly as it happened in the comic book. So special nod to the writers for sticking uh, tight and true to the comic book character. But then uh, Elena brought up the whole loving Jane and Cliff spending time with Flex. That was a great way to introduce that character. Uh, do you think we learned a lot as it came down to who Jane and Cliff were through that as well? Yeah, I mean, I think anytime that we have a third character or, you know, a secondary character introduced to highlight something on one of our main characters, typically it's one of the relationships between them. And because we know that Cliff and Jane have had a somewhat strained relationship ever since he kind of, how she sees it, infiltrated his brain and how he sees it, rescued her from the underground Um, and kind of the discrepancy there. I mean, I really like seeing Cliff just being really kind to her throughout and just being like, look, I saw some things that you maybe didn't want me to. I get why your walls are up, you know, I'm here if you ever want to talk. I like that they just kind of laid those seeds but stepped off from it. And them working together, I thought, was a really good way to kind of show how they balance each other out. Because if it wasn't for Cliff, Jane would have lit Flex on fire, probably. Right. So it's like, you know, they kind of need each other. And I think in these little moments is when they discover that even more so than the big kind of overblown fight sequences Mm -hmm. with butts not on everybody. Yeah, definitely. I think it showed a lot of, like... For, from Jane, by the end of the episode, when Cliff put his hand on her shoulder, 
Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, like, like you said, uh, Jane from a, the beginning of the season probably wouldn't have been okay with that. But now that they've grown together and Cliff hasn't been pushing himself yeah. onto Jane, just being there for him. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to, like, interrogate you, but just know that I'm here. So that's definitely something that I think Jane, that has really stuck with Jane. And she's obviously not pushing back as much either. But she's still Jane, you know? And that's yeah. what I like about the show is that these characters are growing, but they're still the same. They're just developing and learning and we're developing with these characters, and I yeah. become kind of attached to them, especially like, like Rita, which we'll talk about. And but Jane's grown so much, and I thought that was such a wild card character beginning of the show. But just knowing that, okay, I could, I could trust Jane. You know, I, I can trust Cliff, but I can trust Jane, despite her having all these personalities. And so it's just been really interesting. It's been a roller coaster for sure. <laughs> it seems like this episode too. She's had more control over her personalities than we've seen before. Like we saw yeah. when Karen just like popped up and is like, "This is my jam," huh? mm-hmm. and you're like, "No, get out of here! You're ruining everything." Whereas this time, it's like, "Hey, ask Flit to do this," and she's like, "Oh, you want me to just ask him? You just think that's how it works?" And the next thing, no, she's like, "Okay, everybody, grab on, let's go." It's yeah. like, yeah, that is how it works now. I, like you have more control than you're yeah. letting on, maybe I, even to yourself. I really enjoy that because I was a little nervous in the beginning of the season of how is she just going to learn to control all these? It can get messy, you know, from just the viewers, and it can get frustrating as a viewer having these personalities overrun Jane. But I love that she's been able to really harness, like, hone them in and be able to come when they need to. Yeah. More like the conductor. She's in the driver's right, seat. Right, right, right. I love it. It's yeah, cool. that Jane story arc and that growth of character, I really agree with what you're saying, Oliver, because it is interesting to watch Jane grow as a person. Before, Cliff's touch would have been so much Biden. Now it's caring, you know? So it's, like, so nice to watch her open up a little, even if it's a little. She's still Jane. We're still getting a lot of Jane. Mm-hmm. But it's not as resistant exactly. as before. Definitely. Uh, and... They are becoming friends and family. And I feel like that's the overall theme for everyone in the Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. They are becoming that team. And I don't know, as we started in the show and you both of you brought up, is this Mr. Nobody's plan or not? That's the scary part. Well, I mean, with the final scene, it seems like it is. But because these guys, I think, have kind of connected on a level that he wasn't expecting maybe to the degree that it has been, I think that that's going to be what ultimately ends up being the kind of thwarting element because otherwise it's like, then he wins. Yeah, Ivan Soto in the chat says, what gets me is that the breakthroughs, are these breakthroughs of our characters even real? Or is nobody... Because did he create them himself? So like, no, what's genuine? Well, because we've seen that's why that, I'm like. Confused. Well, Vicky even says when he's like, "Look, Mister Nobody didn't plant that doubt in my head. That was me." And he's like, "He's been kind of pulling the strings, but I've been falling into it." Mm. And then, then it goes back to this whole thing of you have a choice. And then it's like Rita's whole scene with the old man, where it's like, "What are you gonna do? Are you gonna let that choice?" Even though that ends up being something that I think. Is since it's Mr. Nobody dictating that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the old man is Mr. Is Nobody. Mr. Nobody. In a way. Which, by the way, if you've seen Dead to Me, which is a totally different show, and I'm not going to spoil Ooh, it because it's really good, <laughs> but the same character plays almost, the same um, actor plays almost the same character in that one. And I was like, oh. I just watched you yesterday do the same thing. It's a similar. You were an old man who was like, oh, I guess I'm just here. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, nice. but. <laughs> I will look forward to that episode. Um, <laughs> But I, I did think that, you know, overall, I, I liked that they had 
the definition that they do have free will still. Like, these things have been set up, even, like, the the painting and everything. It's like, these are manipulations. These are things that Mm -hmm. he's done, but they can potentially figure it out, and they can work together and communicate more to figure out these kind of discrepancies that I think are ultimately going to be what overthrows him. I think he's trying to lead them to this point, thinking that he can manipulate and use them. And what's going to flip it is going to be these super-duper deep connections that they forge that on the surface don't look like they're there unless you've been an audience member watching it throughout. Right. Okay. And it's up to them. And actually that's a interesting debate because it relates to the concept of free will and God. A lot of times it's the very similar thing with God is omnipotent and omnipresent. Then do we actually have free will here? We have Mr. Nobody who is working on a godly level, creating and disrupting reality as we know it often. Uh, portraying different characters as we've also seen in a biblical proportion. He's this Mm -hmm. old man who's just doling advice to Rita. It's interesting, and we'll get into that. And all I want to ask him is, where'd you get all that sick swag? Like, I want all that stuff. He's the man. That swag at the end. I know. I know. Well, you know what? Each and every one of you at home can get some slick swag of your own if you just uh, tune in more to some AfterBuzz. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you uh, for making us and allowing us to be the ESPN of TV Talk. We do talk about all of your favorite TV programs, uh, from drama to comedies to all the comic book shows that we are on the panel. If you don't know, if you haven't watched Elena and I go at it on a show, then you haven't been watching AfterBuzz. This is what we do, and we... Thank you, because you guys are all, if not as much, more so a part of this panel than each and every one of us. But we do ask for your help. We ask you to do one little thing. Share, comment, subscribe. Be yourself. Enjoy the show. Tell your friends. Spread the word and share the love. And also, if you're listening to us on iTunes, give us that five-star rating we so greatly deserve. Write a comment. Boost us up in the ring so other people can join in the discussion and we can all talk about all the shows you love so much. Uh, Each and every week we get here. And we thank you for allowing us to be the ESPN of TV Talk. I love it. You guys were on Sabrina together, so if you want to see them <laughs> them debate, check that out. Sabrina, Sabrina, Sabrina. chilling adventure. I want it to come back soon. It will soon. Hopefully, it, it will. It will. Totally different. All show, these shows take so long to come back. Like it feels that way. What I'm, I really hope is that Doom Patrol is gonna come back. announce some renewals. I think they have to after this. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh-huh. I believe that we're going to get a season two. I'm thinking they might even give us two and three back to back. I would love yeah, that's that. The, that's the talks. That's the talks. That's the Jane Underground talks right now. <laughs> I think we get a season two. How many of the 64 personalities agree? You know what? Flit told me. So that's all that matters. Because Flit, and I really do like the fact that Jane is more in control of her power. Using Flit is so convenient. Flit is one of the most convenient characters to be able to just teleport and teleport effectively all around the world at any point, anytime, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Flit. Thank you for coming to the rescue. Because some of those powers are kind of uh, arbitrary. But this one, this one looks, I feel like it plays. It plays well. Um, Larry721. We get this backstory about Larry. Yeah. And uh, part of it is a little scary. I like that that rhymed. I like literary devices, so I was into that. Uh, Larry devices. That didn't work. (laughs) It's still very cute. <laughs> um, yeah, I I really liked seeing this development of him with the spirit and setting that, you know, he is going to die if he doesn't have the spirit. But 
now seeing that the spirit is probably going to die if it doesn't have him. That, you know, it's this symbiotic relationship that they really do truly need each other to exist. And even when they're both kind of, you know, torn and one wanting one thing and one wanting the other... Larry with his daggum suit, though, I was like, reach through the wall, idiot. I'm about to kill you. Like, I'm about to go full negative spirit on you. Like, Yeah, when Flex Mentality opened up that... I just broke my pen. I got that, so angry. Oh, no. <laughs> that hole in, in the brick wall and was like, reach through and take one of these or two of these little uh, uh, tabs off me and I'll be able to get us out of here. At least give us a fighting chance. And Larry doesn't. And is this a memory that Larry was suppressing? I feel like it is because, I mean, this is the spirit showing him so many things. The biggest thing is that freaking mentality. This is the only thing that kind of pissed me off this episode. I was like, oh, wait, so Flex speaks spirit and can just tell you what he's saying? How about if he has those powers, even if he doesn't know who he is, which we've already established, he can hear regardless. Before we, like, hey, Flex, let's figure out your thing. Larry, sit down and be like, hey, tell me what this dude's been saying you know like things could potentially go wrong with flex before he goes away sit down and be like translator translate for me these flashbacks are getting old i'm tired (laughs) i know right at one point i guess another thing about me is just with the show i love the show don't get me wrong i'm sick of flashbacks i mean they help but i hope season two when it gets it's gonna get renewed you heard it no i'm kidding but like i i guess i'm just kind of done with the past i feel like i've gotten especially with rita which we'll talk about but i hope we get more of present day things just because i feel like i know the characters now i understand them i they've grown so much and i just want to move forward that's what i'm hoping that final scene is i don't know when like the the direct to audience i hope it's basically saying when he's like this is now a superhero show i hope that it's saying like look we've spent this whole season telling you why you need to care about these characters episodes but i feel like that's how many it took for you to care about these characters the whole point is that they're underdogs so it takes a little longer for you to be like yeah these i guess i shouldn't complain it's been the first season was 15 or is going to be 15 episodes so maybe i shouldn't complain but i'm just ready to go I'm just wanting, I want to fight scene. Fight, fight, I'm just fight, ready. Fight. Mr. Nobody's going down. Personally, I really like the flashbacks. I like learning about each character. I enjoy it a lot. <laughs> I, I like the flashbacks the when flashbacks. I was saying, like, I'm tired. I was saying, like, as Larry. Like, I would be like, as Larry, be like, look, yes, I don't need the spirit to keep that. giving me flashbacks. You can just tell me, I and did, I can sit yeah. here and not have to, like, pass out and then wake up and have this weird... Alter, you can just tell me what he's saying. But well, we only got Flex Metallo <laughs> with his powers at the end, so I'm thinking possibly we get a lot more of Flex interpreting spirit I'm in hoping. the next season. Uh, I mean, the next episode with Flex. But with Larry himself, I was shocked to watch Larry, who's this brave, brave um, fighter fight jet, uh, this uh, fighter jet flyer, right? Pilot. He just was afraid. He was afraid to get out. And it was more because he quote-unquote, was scared for the safety of everyone else, but I think it was really for the safety of himself. He he seemed to be, he seemed to have been broken, and he was taking the spirit with him, and that explains a lot of why the spirit, in a way, disdains who Larry is. I'll give you that, especially because this one really juxtaposed that 1964 Larry with current Larry, and 1964 Larry was basically episode one Larry. He hasn't really you know, at that point, hadn't evolved any. Uh, he just kind of existed. So having that foil next to each other, I think, really shows how much this character has evolved within these 13 episodes, is that he's now doing things that episode one 
1964 Larry would never have done. Yeah. Like, if Larry was in there now and somebody was like, pull the cords, he'd be like, bitch, there's no cords left. They're all gone. Break these walls. Let's bust out of here. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's get to that wonderful Rita storyline that Oliver's been dying to talk about. <laughs> so, Oliver, take it away. Rita feels like dying of guilt. Well, I think I was relieved to learn that April, the actress who portrays Rita, Rita didn't, like, I was waiting for the whole backstory about the whole child, because we were all thinking, oh, did she kill the kid? Did she kill a baby? Did she smother a baby? Did she throw the baby in the garbage? I don't know. Everybody thought, like, (laughs) that she was, like, on her up and up and got an abortion. That was, like, the biggest thing. Yes, but... Well, that didn't happen, nope. but I just thought that monologue with our, our, our MVP of the episode, I forget his name, the, what was the man's name? I don't know. The old man, he was awesome. They, we never said his name. But I just think... He's just old man. Old man. Old who is man, Mr. nobody. <laughs> I just old think, nobody. I just want to say, shout out to April, because that was really one of this... I think this is a scene that was so important for Rita and her character. She had many important scenes this season of getting to know her, but I just loved her 180 in this this series because she learned so much about herself. I think she really is... She can still be very sarcastic and kind of a little bit like, you know, Rita. <laughs> Prim proper. But also, she's not selfish anymore. She's not into herself. And she learned to really own her faults. And I think with that monologue she gave and to recognizing the past, like, that was just beautiful. It was so beautiful. The I character think- work she did was phenomenal because it was so good i think that that's going to be part of why that's mr nobody's downfall is he basically implanted this idea in her head but now by giving her the strength he doesn't realize how strong she actually is what she's capable of Mm -hmm. in each episode she's getting more and more she's building so much more confidence and she's really standing up for herself and just i just love seeing I do have to say, though, as much as I love, like, the sit and talk things, like, I don't like watching her squish out of stuff. I'm so, like... I agree. It grosses me out. She's the only one that I don't want to feel, like, I feel so bad, especially because she's the most, like, sensitive about how she looks. I'm like, if I was hanging out with you and I saw you squish out a cliff, like, if it was part of a plan (laughs) or not, I would be like... No, I I agree. I'm not a fan of, like, the the, the Rita blob squishiness. I'd be like Larry. I'd be like, I'm feeling pukey. I gotta go lay down. She did her job, though, last episode. (laughs) I think that's the point of Rita's squishiness, right? It's to make us all feel uncomfortable with it and and how she's... she is feeling on the inside the way she looked on the outside, and she had mm-hmm. carried this guilt about this this suicide that she feels she was the cause of. And with Rita, that blob, I personally enjoy watching her be a blob because that is who Rita really is. And you can see past the blob and see her true inner beauty. That's what she'll see in That's herself. That's sweet the that blob, you can. <laughs> the blob symbolizes her her past guilt and all of her... Struggles and hardships, I suppose. And, all of her downfalls. And maybe she'll be able to clay face and control it very soon with I all this so. confidence that she's building. She's but getting there. being a blob has definitely saved the day a couple times. It's yeah, true. it's true. It's true. And if I just want more stretchiness. Like, bam! Yeah, Throw more like elastic woman instead right. of like just blob lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. I guess season, that's a season two. Season two. <laughs> It, that's if we get a season two. Cyborg plugs <laughs> back in. Pla- Cyborg plugs back in. Here, because Cyborg decides because of Rita. Rita's oh. the one. She is now the sensible one. She is the one talking sense into Cyborg. How the table 
has turned. Do you think that Mr. Nobody's plan was specifically to manipulate Rita just so that she would have Cy- just so Cyborg would log back on, or do and that her like emotional growth from it is like a secondary thing, or do you think he was intentionally trying to emotionally manipulate her? So that she would step up her A game. I think it's about both. I think he wants to go against a worthy adversary so that they feel like they have a fighting chance. Also, I think there is a plot why Cyborg needs to plug back into the grid. And there has to be a reason for that. And Mr. Nobody revealed himself, causing doubt in Cyborg. He did not have to do that. He said, ha ha, look at what I did to you causing Cyborg to realize what happened, that wasn't the full extent of the punishment. There is more. He specifically told them, do not come after me. So punching Cyborg out at the end, you think was just like to throw us off the scent. You I don't think that's wrapped up. I think that there's a little more. I think there's a little There's more a little board. <laughs> Sorry. So when it comes to <laughs> Cyborg so plugging back into the grid, you think it's a bad idea, Lena? No, I think it's a great idea because otherwise the he's not going to have that nanobite technology and somebody's going to blow a hole through him and he's going to die. I do wonder what happened with his arm and how he's just not let it heal and now it's healing. Doesn't that hurt a little? There's got to be an infection or something. I, I was mean, like, you're around nasty things all the time, buddy. It's very open. I yeah. was like, nobody was like, okay, we get it. Like, we don't have nanobites. Let's We've got some that. thread. Yeah. Like, Let's just, maybe glue? We can Let's... go very low grade here. It doesn't, I mean, you Put don't have to have a gaping wound just to taking, be like. Taking this back to 1963. Yeah, 1963. that's how it works. Just let it hang open until I make my decision, I Why guess. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Do you think the team is ready? Or as ready as they'll ever be? Uh, maybe they're ready, more ready. I think some of the characters are ready. I don't Who's know. Who's ready? Who are the characters that are ready? Okay, yeah. I think Jane and Cliff are ready. Ooh. Really? I don't think, I'm afraid of Larry at this point. I don't know about him. I think Flex, I think Flex can maybe, I, they're not ready. As a team, they're not ready. Rita, Rita, Rita it wasn't on your list. Because she's, ah, I want to say that she's ready, but. But she's Rita. But she's not, I think, actions. Word-wise, yes. Like, her, her her dialogue, yes, it gets me behind her. But I think she, she needs a little bit more action, I suppose. We did see her melt a little bit this episode. That's, but... that's like my specific reason why I don't think she's, like, ready fully. 100%. 100%. But I think Jane has shown so much growth as well. I think Cliff, too. Vic, I don't know. I thought Vic, Vic... I think it's just like, I'm done. I'm hanging out with Silas. But that's, I don't know. I could be wrong. I think I I hope prediction wise they'll be ready episode fourteen by the end of episode fourteen. You think so? Yeah. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out in predictions. And here, Mister Nobody breaks the fourth, fifth, and sixth wall. He just shatters all these walls. I mean, he buys DC gear and rocks it. How how did you guys? What did you guys think of that situation? I mean, I said it before. I'll say it again. I want that swag. <laughs> Tell me where to buy it. I want it. Did you like the breaking of the fourth wall at that point? I mean, I'm a little different th- from Elena. <laughs> I just want to move forward. I, I get tripped out. I get nervous. I get anxious. But I think that's a really good I thought you thing. said you were different than me. <laughs> I get nervous. Oh. I get tripped out. I get really? anxious. Oh, we're okay. just talking about life. Oh, uh, I, I yeah, was just okay. talking about No, life. but I think that's maybe this is incredible writing at the end of the day that the writers are able to make a viewer such as myself feel this way about a show. Maybe that's a good thing. 
I'm done. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was a. I, I love when they break the fourth wall, especially when they do it in a right and responsible way. I think the writing in the situation yeah. where it was very responsible. What Mr. Nobody did and how he mm-hmm. said it, and uh, he breaks it down and alludes to the whole 13 pointless meandering episodes of character driven schlock. Uh, and now we can get to this super, superhero show that we all thought it would be in the beginning. And it's like, well, first of all, I'm already now used to and acclimated to this 13 episodes i'm actually starting to enjoy that it's not a superhero show and now it's going to become a superhero show at least that's what it alludes to and more importantly that mr nobody is pulling the strings he's making things happen he's been setting this up he wants an arch nemesis that's worthy of his contention who is this who is this mr nobody and who does he think he is nobody that's the thing. He's he, somebody. He's this definitely is the thing, somebody. though. The last big thing that we, we keep saying pulling the strings because also the backstory that we get was literally the puppet episode where they're literally pulling the strings. We yeah. get kind of a reference to that again with, you know, like the von Fuchs is over, like with Steve getting shot in the minerals. Sure. Like this just basically being like, hey, don't forget that this happened. Like it all ties back to this, like, pair, this von Fuchs. Yeah, we do. Situation. We get the uh, animal, vegetable, mineral man, Steve Larson, uh, in the Paraguayan jungle. Henry Von Fuchs is Uber. That's what the guy says. Uh, Gary Gunner. Gary Gunner shoots him. Yeah. And, and, and thankfully, Steve Larson is alive. He was only shot in the minerals. But I feel like that is just like a reference. So it's like, hey, don't forget about that Puppet Patrol episode where we literally saw somebody else pulling the strings and them still able to circumvent that. So I think that's almost like a little like to the audience, too. Don't worry, guys. Like, mm. we got this. It's going to be... We tie everything the, back. They did yeah. tie it back to that whole Forbidden Congo scene we had with Rita with the whole Mary Beth suicide. and Cut the strings. And use the Gene strings Stantman. to tie it back. Yeah, it goes back. And then, um, no most importantly, attached, in this man. episode, what did you both Good think TV. of sac- Secret Hearts? Sacred Hearts? Secret Hearts. Was it, was it the show to watch or no? What's Sacred Hearts? That was the Sacred show. Hearts was a fake show that he was like all about. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, he loved that show. That Flex Mentalo loved that, that show. Didn't resonate with me at all. Yeah, I'm I mean, sorry. <laughs> I thought it was fine. I thought that like having it be like, look, it ties in because we had the same. We always had him watching this TV until he finally went crazy, and then instead of showing Dolores, we just showed him episodes of this crap TV show that it turns out Cliff was on. I mean, I felt like that was really just so they could set up Cliff's bad acting and then just throw in another meta so like, funny. hey, acting is hard. Like, there there was there was talk of a daytime Mimi. I love these nods. I think they're so good. It separates the show from every other show. It's so different. It's nice to watch it happen. I loved watching Cliff not being able to act. Brendan Fraser just being the worst actor on the show and then going, I was up uh, for an Cliff Emmy Steel. and they gave me a nod. Yeah. Oh, no. She died. Yeah, so smart, so fun. It's a head nod. And of course, it's about turning your mind into mush. And that's what they're saying TV does. And I think turning your mind into mush. And also, just as kind of a subtle nod, too, that like, hey, award season is coming up. Like, it's like, I was up for an award. It's like, for what? Biggest ass clown? And it's like kind of a tongue in cheek. Like, we're probably not going to get any awards, even though deserve it. We probably deserve it. That's right. Okay, let's uh, let's get into a little bit of news and gossip. The first piece of news and gossip we have. After Buzz TV News. 
has to do specifically with Flex Mentallo. Let's get into that character biography. Flex made his first uh, appearance in Doom Patrol numbers 36, where he appeared as a shaggy amnesiac as uh, on Danny in the Street. So here we get a lot of things when the false men from nowhere, and that's who we're getting used to with the alien farm and uh, the ant farm. Uh, and Alien Darren Jones, yeah. So uh, Flex, Flex was still a Mac instead of a man. We saw the the piece of uh, comic book that he was directly taken out of, and that's what the the nod was for. And here we get the specific mention of Flex's power, which is he has this Flex power of of over the universe, where he can flex things into submission, and at one point actually makes the Pentagon a circle. And when he's in the ant farm, um, we get the direct nod about the Dolores, D- Dolores death, which was which was to the um, to her death. And it was actually the, the writers specifically wanted to keep and stay true to this character development, which is probably why uh, fandom has announced that uh, Doom Patrol gets a second season. <laughs> We're at a second season right now. That is what they're saying. They're saying at some point in 2020, presumably it will arrive uh, through Warner Brothers has yet to make an official announcement. They are saying that this is going to happen and that it's already in the works. So congratulations, guys. Nice. We were part yes. of that. I feel like we are a big reason why it is getting a second season. So let's, you're welcome, basically. You're basically all of you. You're all <laughs> welcome. Uh, let's get into our special segment, Who You? Who wow. You, where we pick a, uh, uh, a scene from the show that basically represents us, Oliver. Uh, easy. I would say Rita, because we've all felt that guilt before, and I think we kind of try... Yeah, I made Mary Beth kill uh, herself. uh, No, I stole the cookie from the cookie jar. No, but we've all felt that guilt that we've had in the past, and we've kind of tried our best to suppress it and act like it didn't happen. But we have to acknowledge that we did make certain things happen in our lives, and we have to learn from them and grow from them. And yeah, even though someone might be controlling you, no, (laughs) no, but yeah, very simple. There you go, Elena. I really liked Cliff celebrating their victories. Like, I feel like we haven't seen a lot of that on this show. And I feel like, you know, go Doom Patrol. We're celebrating your victory right now. So literally stealing your scene and making it reality. Go you guys. Season two. Well, I (laughs) am going to have to choose when uh, Flex Metallo freaked out when when Cliff was talking during the show. That's one of my biggest oh. pet peeves is when I'm watching a show and people want to ask me stupid questions or ask me a question about the show or comment on it's It's time to watch the show. The show will answer all your questions. Let's watch the show. I don't want to hear you. I want to hear the show. And I get really upset about that as well, especially if it's one of my favorite shows like Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. I'm a Doom Patrol fan through and through, and so are all of you. Uh, and so are all of us over yes. here on the panel. So where can people find you if you want to be found? Oliver. Find me on all social media platforms at Ollie Dreamer. You can find me on Twitter at Elena Jordan and on Instagram at Elena J. Jordan. And of course, I am Teron, literally at I am Teron, all across the social atmosphere. That's Facebook, IG, Twitter, the whole nine. And find me on AfterBuzz, hosting a slew of AfterBuzz after shows talking about all these shows that you love to watch so do i and we discuss them quite often and we discuss doom patrol each and every week as it comes out so until next doom patrol time from the doom patrol after buzz panel we'll see you then bye our founder kevin undergaro and me maria menounos would like to thank you for tuning in to after buzz tv 
Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.